Today we are going to continue our nuts and bolts series and study as we walk and talk through the book of James. Today we are in James chapter 4, having spent a number of weeks in the chapters beforehand. If you have your Bible, uh, you can turn there. If you want to find it on your phone, on the YouVersion app, hit location, go to church together, and the scriptures will be there, and the notes will be there, and all that kind of of stuff. James chapter 4 is about finding something that we're all looking for. And that thing that he's talking about that we're all looking for is some peace. Hand up if you'd like some more peace in your life. (laughs) I'm sorry about the party poppers. That didn't help, did it? Jeremiah the prophet says, peace, peace, there there is no peace. And not a lot has changed since Jeremiah ushered those words. We know that peace is one of the important things that everybody is looking for because everybody is talking about it. And everybody is on a quest to find peace in whatever shape, whatever form it comes just finished reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell called The Bombardier Mafia. And it talks about how at the start of World War II, a little group of military men said that we cannot have the loss of innocent life in World War II that we had in World War I. So this little group, this little renegade mafia group, locked themselves in a room for for many months and figured out how to drop bombs with some precision because they didn't want war to be so violent. that They knew it was unavoidable, but they wanted more peace in war, and maybe it helped a little bit. It reduced the death count some. A few weeks ago, I was introduced to an organization who said, we'd like you to take our class. It's four weeks free. We think you'll enjoy it. I said, what's it on? It says, on how to end war. And I said, really, that's... Not my thing. You must think I've got more importance than I do. They said, no, 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 no. Not about those kind of wars, but the wars that we're experiencing in our relationships. And so I took this course, and it was all about uh, dignity and, and forgiveness and finding peace on an interpersonal level. People are trying hard to bring peace on a global level, and people are trying hard to bring peace on a relational level, but the reality is, James is saying, that we won't bring peace until we first experience peace right in here. There's a song that I learned a few years ago. It's a Christmas song. I cannot remember the name of it. I have not heard it since. But the lyric, one lyric has struck with me. It says, you will never find peace on earth until you find the Prince of Peace. He's saying, we're not going to find peace out here 
And we're not going to find peace around here until we find peace in here. And so as James is talking to the church in this fourth chapter about how we find peace in here, he's giving us some principles that if we can hold on to, if we can own, if we can let melt into our hearts, if we can let them overtake our soul, then through Jesus we can have peace in here which will lead to peace around here and will then lead to peace here. World peace begins with Christ. Not out there, but in here. James, as James does, jumps right in. He says, what is the source <laughs> That's all right. Kathy's found the Bible app. <laughs> and now it's talking to us. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. If you all want to play on your Bible app and we'll read together. <laughs> what is the source? He says, what is the source of wars and fights among you? What a great question. And on one hand, it's a rhetorical question because he's going to give him the answer, but he needs to spell out the answer because we need to know the answer. He says, they come from your passions that wage war within you. You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. The first thing that James is saying, if we want to receive peace, we need to adjust and align our internal expectations so that they are adjusted and aligned to the life and the example of Christ. Wars start with desire, with a passion within us. With a passion within us for maybe money or, or glory or pleasure. But wars start in here. James goes on, it's, it's your expectations that are causing the problem. Because your selfishness wants to grab and consume and use and manipulate. And you're living for the things of the world, power, money, influence. And it's those things that from the sinful nature you crave that cause expectations that stand against the person and the power of God. He's saying the start of war is within you. The word war is used twice in that first verse. What is the source of wars and fights? 
The, the word here suggests that we are fighting with, with weapons, not necessarily machinery, but maybe our words, maybe our attitude. The second word for war means that we're fighting without weapons. It's the stuff inside, he's saying. If we want to live lives of peace that birth peace and bring peace, James is saying the first thing that we need to do is adjust and align our expectations. He says, if you've got the wrong motivations, then not only are you going to create wars, your life in Christ is not going to work well. He says if you're praying with these misplaced, selfish, wrong motivations, then God isn't going to answer. Because God doesn't work for you. We serve him. You don't, you ask, but you don't receive because you're asking with the wrong motives. You're asking so that you can spend it on your pleasures. Lord, give me that so I can look a certain way. Lord, give me this so I can be more than someone else. Lord, do this for me so that I can feel great. James just says, if you're going to keep asking like that, if you're going to keep being selfish, if your internal desire is focused on the things of yourself, one, you're not going to get you what you want, but you're going to cause all kinds of wars and struggles trying to get what you want. Where do wars come from? They come from the desires within you, this motive that is fixated around pleasures. At the end of verse 3, there's this word pleasures. The, the word there is, is hedon, which is where we get the word hedonistic, right? Where all we do is live to please ourselves. When we want the pleasures of the world. It's reading this great biography of the guy who wrote the Message Bible. Some of you have heard of that, right? Sold millions of copies. He had such a great time uh, translating that Bible. He said it was one of the most richest spiritual experiences of his life. But then they printed this Bible, and it went around the world, and everybody knew his name, and he was asked to go here and there and do this and endorse that. And he said, when people put me on this pedestal, when they were offering me all the things that the world offers, that was the lowest point of my spiritual life. And he said, I had to keep recalibrating, realigning my expectations because the pleasures of the world, when I had everything, he said, were nothing compared with the joy of sitting down with my Bible and my journal and translating. War sets men against each other, James is saying. War drives our shameful deeds. War 
shuts the door to prayer, the first thing that James is saying is that if we want to live peaceful lives with Christ at the center, we have to submit our internal life to God. It's the first thing. Second thing, he says, this is my interpretation of this next little passage, verses 4 to 5. Don't dance with the devil. Don't dance with the devil. If you want to live a life of peace, don't dance with the devil. You adulterous people, he says, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? So whoever wants to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says the spirit he made to dwell in us envies intensely? He says, if you're going to start dancing with the devil, if you're going to start flirting with the devil, if you're going to start flirting with the things of this world, then be very, very careful. Because the things of this world and the works of the devil do not offer peace. So if you're calling yourself a Christian, but you're flirting with the things of the world, then you are in an adulterous relationship. What does he mean by that? He's been very specific. He's saying you are in a covenant relationship with God. You are in a relationship with your creator that is based on God's promises and your promises and his responses to that promise and your responses to that promise. But if you are flirting with the world, it's just like violating the covenant relationship of marriage. If you want to experience peace, don't dance with the devil. I've lost count of the number of conversations I've had with people over the years who've said, this is going wrong in my life. There is no peace in this area of my life. I say, well, what's that area of their life? It is an area of their life that is full of sin. And you just got to say, stop. (laughs) If it's not causing you peace, stop it. If it stands opposed to the things of God, stop it. If you want to experience peace, align and adjust your your internal expectations so they're aligned with that of Christ, but stop dancing with the devil. Friendship with the world will separate you from friendship with God. I got up this morning nice and early and I got a message on Instagram. For those who don't know, Instagram's a social media thing. Said this, said this. Hi, Andy. I see that you are an influential Christian leader, and I thought you'd like to know about my mentor, Paul. He works with some Christian entrepreneurs online and recently launched a new program showing the real secrets to growing your personal brand. (laughs) Things like how to get 10,000 followers super fast. How is a pastor to make an extra 10K a month on Instagram? 
how to become a best-selling author that your congregation and the world will love. How to get verified on Instagram. I think that's the little blue check thing. And how to grow a strong online brand. DM at Paul Grow and he'll send you more information. Yeah, yeah, watch out world. (laughs) If I responded to that guy, even though he's wrapping it up in Christian language, Even though he's saying, perhaps there's something good and godly going on, I, as a follower of Jesus, need to have nothing to do with that stuff. 10,000 followers, growing my personal brand. Honestly, I can't think of anything worse. What he's doing, he's inviting me into friendship with the systems and the structures of the world when we as believers are supposed to sidestep the systems of the world. It says friendship with the world. This world, word world is cosmos. And it's very interesting. We need to draw this delineation. When it says cosmos, it's talking about the systems and structures of the world. It is not... It is not talking about the people of the world. We are called as the people of God to have friendship of, with the people of this world so that we can introduce them to the God of the universe. But we are not in doing so to give ourselves to the systems of the world. Does that make sense? There's an Instagram page. You may not have seen it. I just heard an interview with a guy. It's called Preachers and Sneakers. Have you heard of it? It's got like, it's got more than 10,000 followers. It's got a lot. I can't remember how many a lot. And this guy is exposing the kind of shoes that a lot of preachers are wearing and the cost of them. Right? And, and, and he's, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like, five, I didn't even know you could buy a 5,000 pair of shoes. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Ross guy, right? And his point is, what did you say? Nothing. <laughs> I don't think you said nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's a conversation for later. But his point is, We do not win the world in the ways of the world. We do not dance with the devil because the devil robs us of our peace. He says it can't be like this because the spirit that he made to dwell in you, the presence of God, that Holy Spirit that came down at that Pentecost years ago and dwells in us, loves us so much that he is so jealous for us and he envies anything that we give ourselves to that isn't him. If you want to experience the peace of God, align and adjust your interior life to the way of Jesus, but stop dancing with the devil. How do we do that? James continues. Here's the good news. 
But he gives greater grace, greater than what? Greater than the things that the world has to offer. Greater grace. Therefore, God says, resist the proud. Have nothing to do with those who've got over 10,000 followers and personal brand worked out. God gives grace to the humble. The humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This word submit and this word resist are both military words. As if we're in a war and we are in a war and it's not a war that that will disrupt, it's a war for which Jesus won peace. The word submit means get in alignment with your commanding officer. The word resist says take your posture and your position against the works of your enemy. How do you do this? Draw near to God. Draw near to God. As you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. You take one step forward, he's taking a thousand towards you. Draw near to God. If you want to experience this peace of Christ, adjust and align your expectations around him. Don't dance with the devil. Thirdly, receive grace with humility. You can't draw near to God if you're proud. Because if you're proud, you think you are God. And you're not. So you need to be humble. And as we draw near in humility, God in his greater grace draws closer to us. Got this theory that our hearts have a limited capacity because we're limited people. And so many of us fill up our hearts with pride and with ego and with self and with stuff. And when our hearts are full of us, there's just not much room for God. But the more that we humble ourselves, and empty ourselves of our pride and our ego, there is more room in our hearts for God. James is saying, you're not experiencing peace. You're involved in all this conflict. There's all this warring around you. Because there's too much ego in your heart and you need to humble yourself so that your heart can be filled with the grace and the goodness of God. He's saying, receive his grace. Cleanse your hands when you've done something wrong. Purify your hearts 
Those of you who are living double-minded, and this word double-minded actually means double-souled. Like you're so torn that your, your soul has been, been torn in two. Be miserable and mourn and weep because it's hard to give up pride. It's hard to give up the things of this world. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Is James a killjoy? No. He's just saying that the joy that God offers is infinitely greater than the joy that the world offers. This word laughter, it's not the joy-filled laughter from the belly. It it, it has a, a term in it, in its original form, that speaks to mocking. It says that the, the very best laughter that the world offers is, is a mocking kind of laughter as opposed to the deep joy that Jesus gives. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. He will fill your hearts with his greater grace. He will give you his peace. How do we find peace in here? We align and adjust around Jesus. We quit dancing with the devil. We surrender our pride to receive grace humbly. And then very practically at the end, a fourth thing, he tags on. In fact, scholars think that verse 11 and 12 don't necessarily belong in this chapter, but we'll make it work because they're there for a reason. He says this, If you want to be a person of peace, don't criticize. Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who defames or judges a fellow believer defames and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? Fourth thing that he's saying, that if you want to experience peace, and believe me, I've, I've been working hard for nearly 46 years now to get this down. Quit criticizing. It, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. It, it tears things down. It destroys. It wounds. It hurts. He says, don't criticize. Don't speak ill of. In fact, I think inferred in this, James is saying the opposite. Instead of finding a way to criticize, and you may have to work hard, but do what you can to affirm and to speak life and to speak truth and to speak hope. Show your best to people, not your worst. Then he goes on to this, This conversation about loving and judging. And he talks about the neighbor. And the reason he talks about the neighbor, he's saying, because our role is to love our neighbor. And if we're loving our neighbor, then we are experiencing peace. If we're loving our neighbor, it's because we've experienced peace in here and we're experiencing peace around here. And if everybody's loving their neighbor, then we're experiencing peace around the world. 
He says one of the reasons why we're not loving our neighbor is because we're too busy judging and criticizing our neighbor. And judgment and criticism does not lead to peace. So stop it. That's why Jesus says that we're to love our enemies. Because when someone criticizes us, if we can love them back, we dampen their criticism. We throw peace onto the war that they're trying to start. But for us, James says, if you want to have peace and share peace and bring peace, spend more time loving than you do judging. And there's an appropriate time to use discernment. But when he's talking about judging here, he's talking about condemning. Saying, choose to love. Choose to love. That, that phrase, choosing love, is a big phrase in our world today. And I think most people get it wrong because they don't understand the kind of love that we're talking about. Choose agape love. Choose that deep love of God that changes life, that heals souls, and that brings peace. James chapter 4 is inviting us to live in peace. To, to, to live in peace, as the, the old hymn says, so that wars may cease. Not just wars around the world, not just wars in our relationship, but the war in here for our soul. James says you can experience peace. And peace is found in Jesus. So align yourself to him. Quit dancing with the devil. Get rid of your pride and ego so that grace and humility can fill you. And choose to agape, not judge and not criticize, because criticism and judgment starts and perpetuates war. question today is that you're living with peace. Maybe now. What, what about tomorrow? What, what, what about next week? Adamir and I were talking the other day, and Adamir's got this uh, little part-time job at Wawa. And he says the response of the customers who come in when they don't have the candy bar they want is off the charts. <laughs> Because everybody's ready to pick a fight right now. We're all so tired and frustrated. We've been through a lot. We've lost a lot. But as we come back, as we recover, let's not start wars. Let's let the peace of God rule in our heart. And to do that and to start with that, we ask the Prince of Peace to come into our heart.